Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right, but you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and welcome to Go Rangers Radio. Broadcasting live from the Go Hockey Media Studios in New York, baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert, and everybody please say hello to your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin DeLore. KD, you got any bread in your heart, buddy? What, <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> I said you got any bread in your heart, buddy. <laughs> For the bread man? For the I bread got man. It. That was good. I, mean, I, I botched that big time, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> you set good. it up. Oh, man. You know, see, we keep changing the times and the dates of the show. I'm all off. I'm sorry, man. Hey, man, it's 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 weird, man. We're talking hockey on July 22nd, as we brought this up last week too. This is uh, weird times, but we're back, buddy. We uh, pushed things back up. We thought we were going to do 10, we do 9:30, and yeah, we're getting a little uh, crazy and stuff here, and because that's that's how we are, man. Me and you are just like wild and crazy old guys with kids. You know, like to talk about the ranges. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, I actually had a weird, you know, I, I don't know, a, a concerning moment this weekend, Paulie, because I don't know if you, if you watched it or you saw the Mets and Yankees actually played an exhibition, two exhibition games, you know, with each other over the weekend. And, uh, you know, I would have thought that, you know, after all this time off with no sports, you know, I would have ran to the TV and watched every second of both those games. And very concerning. I didn't watch. I didn't watch any of them, and I didn't make it a point to go. I, and I'm nervous that I'm. I, I've gotten used to no sports. Wow. I'm scared. Yeah, it was weird. I'm nervous. <laughs> I I think you're just a, a Mets fan. I think you're just a you know you're just a Mets fan. That's all. Because <laughs> I, I want I want you to know. I was on the couch the other night, and I had the game on in the background. And I'm chilling out on the couch, and I'm doing a little networking and just chilling. My son's on the couch with me. And I, I watched all six home runs, you know, 40 home runs, whatever they put up against them. <laughs> but it, it was just great to have the game on in the back. I didn't have any sound on. I wasn't even listening, but it was just great seeing, uh, you know, for me as a Yanks fan, it was just, we're great. We're going 63-0, and buddy, so. <laughs> Well, and the Mets in, you know, typical Mets fashion, you know, I just found out like Stroman is, is like out for the year now, whatever the heck is going on. So, you know, the, the Mets baseball season has officially started. We have our first major injury. So I'm excited. That's great, man. Congratulations. <laughs> and uh, it was also great to see the Astro players starting to get beaned. So that's good. Yeah, we really are getting back to normal. You know, it, 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 it's... It's good stuff. Actually, you know, I've I've been sort of the negative Nancy around here the last couple of weeks about, you know, nothing getting started. But look, I mean, we're over a weekend, knock on wood. 
you know, no COVIDs for uh, the Rangers so far. Um, so that's a good thing. I, I think people got a little nervous yesterday or the what was it, a couple of days ago when Buchnevich came off the ice early. You know, anytime a player comes off the ice early, everyone thinks, you know, he's got coronavirus now. But <laughs> uh, I, I guess he's OK, which is which is good. Um, and and, you know, even in in the NBA, you know, I know we're bouncing around to other sports, but, you know, it, it's sort of all relevant these days. And, you know, I think the the NBA, I mean, these guys are in, in the middle of it in, in Orlando, you know, in a state that's just ravaged with coronavirus. And apparently they have nobody who's tested positive down there. So. You know, I'm starting to get a little positive here, Paul. I think we, we might have a season. You're positive about the lack of positives. <laughs> Good stuff, brother. Well, you know, what we talked about last week how, like, you know, the, the NHL players, like, they're they're not really going into gen pop, you know? They're, they're hanging out, and they're all, like I said, there's not somebody coming in saying, I ain't wearing a damn mask or whatever. They're all following and towing the line so they can they can do this and they can work and even down in florida i guess you know the nba guys now i don't i don't know i haven't seen anything i've read anything but i imagine it's the same thing where the guys are just sticking to the guidelines and and you know they're they're quarantining i mean they're basically quarantining away from everybody else you know so so far so good baseball seems to be fine you know again the premier league i mean a lot of this stuff you know, it's going all right. I guess, you know, the MLS, whatever happened the other day or last week or whatever it was, you know, who knows? I mean, everybody's platform is different, but, you know, we talked about it too. Like the NHL's platform has been pretty good and it's been working out. And, and you have to imagine maybe the NBA is doing the same thing and, uh, you know, baseball too. I mean, they're just, they're testing and these guys are, you know, it, it backs up too. Like we said it last week too. These guys came from quarantine. These guys came from taking care of themselves. So, Let's see what happens. I mean, once the tournament, again, back to speculation, buddy, but, I mean, once the games start and they start breathing on each other and, and everything else, we'll, we'll see what happens. But so far, so good, and let's just stay positive. And, and man, we're, uh, we're real close here to that Islanders exhibition game where I want blood. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my biggest concern, and, you know, we've talked about it, is, is before they get to that bubble, like, was, was this time right now? This was my concern in the training camp where they're not in the bubble yet. So again, the fact that we haven't seen, you know, a range of player, you know, infected yet, or, or I don't think I haven't really seen any teams that have had issues. I know the Penguins did. Um, I'm not sure if any of the teams have right now. I think maybe I saw something about the Bruins too, but you know, nothing sort of widespread, at least that I've seen. So uh, yeah, I mean, exciting stuff. I mean, all you see are, promos and teasers it's happy land in the nhl you know it's it's all good stuff everybody's happy i mean they're announcing the the guys that are you know uh you know been announced for the awards and uh you know it's all happy times and smiles i mean the ranger marketing team is just you know it's it's just a wonderland <laughs> as far as the rangers are concerned and, and we're all excited about it and stuff and and obviously something we got to get into tonight too as well is obviously um you know Artemi. Getting the uh, the nod for the the Hart Trophy, which is fantastic. It's exciting news. Um, uh, can you yeah, remember what? what? I, I was going to say not to cut you off. Uh, what a season Ryan Strom has had to turn Panarin into a Hart <laughs> candidate, huh? I mean, goodness gracious! Is there is there an award above Hart, like for getting a guy a Hart? Like, well, we should just call it the Ryan Strom Award. Yeah, you know, you're right because without him, <laughs> Panarin doesn't 
he doesn't get a sniff. Yeah, I think he's, you know, without Strom, I think Panarin is the, you know, the normal Ranger free agent bust. So, yeah, kudos to Strom. Good for him. That's right. I mean, has is, is, is Panarin ever been up for the Hart Trophy on any other team that he's played for? Yeah, that, that Paulie, now, now you're talking my language. Now you know where I'm, <laughs> that, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. No Ryan Strom, no Hart Trophy. The Rangers are probably in last place. And, uh, you know, I'm, and I usually sit here and, and tell you that I don't want to sign him long term. Well, so. uh, you, you got it. Now you got to give him you got to give him a boatload of money now, buddy. I, I, oh, I, Ten -year I, deal. I think 10 year deal. Yeah, they have no they have no choice at this point. I, I think well, now that he's gotten Panera in the heart, you know, uh, candidate, I, I think they have no choice at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. I Just agree with you. Back up the Brinks truck, whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Now, uh, now it's funny that we're joking about this, but you'd have to imagine if they go to I don't know I don't yeah I can't remember if like it's it, let's just say when they sit down and negotiate right you, you gotta figure Panarin I mean uh, Strom's gonna walk in with either like a Panarin jersey on or he's, <laughs> you know let's say he wins the heart right let's say he wins it you know Strom's gotta be calling his texting his agent right now hey buddy hey. <laughs> We sit he's going to walk in, walk in with a, a Panarin. He's going to walk in with Panarin. Yes. <laughs> You're right. You want this guy to have another great season? Make me center him again. <laughs> can, can you believe that I've somehow turned the conversation about Panarin getting the Hart Trophy candidate or nominee into a Ryan Strom? Love fest right now. Well, I mean, come on, you're 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 right, man. I mean, like it's Batman and Robin. You know, it's you got to have your wingman. It's it's uh, you know Maverick and Goose. You know, I mean, yeah, but good. You know, Goose died, so <laughs> <laughs> not the best analogy. <laughs> I watched that the other night. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. It's uh it's a classic. Once uh. I did. I out. actually, Paulie, I saw that you tweeted about it, and I was actually watching it at the time that you tweeted about oh, it. Oh, we should have live tweeted together. Yeah, we're we're <laughs> like we're really we're really all synced up over here, Paulie. Right. way to the stage is over. I just felt like I was, you know, I was going to text you to see if you wanted to go out and play a little beach volleyball, take our shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> is there a beach? Can we? Can you play beach volleyball these days anymore? Uh, yeah, well, you know what? You're probably right. That That's not very uh, socially distant uh, of us. So, yeah, maybe when this is all over, we'll go, we'll head down to Long Beach or something, take our shirts off. We'll do that, you know, the, the hand slap, you know, the up and around slap that they did during the game. <laughs> do a little flex. But we got to wear pants, noise. though. We got to wear pants. Yeah, you got to wear the sweatpants with it. Yeah. So... I'll need about probably four months. I'll get back in the gym here a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm telling you, Paul. I stepped on the scale the other day. Oh my goodness! <laughs> what do they call it? The COVID fifteen. I'm like the COVID twenty five over yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, COVID is not good for dads over forty five or something. Uh, and, you know, it's kids. just like all. I mean, because I mean, I I haven't been going to work. You know, I haven't been going in the office, you know, so you're working at home. Well, you weren't even going to work. You weren't even going. You weren't even going to work when there was work. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, I was there, you know, but not not in spirit. You know, <laughs> my body was there, my mind was God knows where. But you know, I mean, you're sitting at home and you're like, well, it's afternoon. 
soon. I might as well, you know, just start drinking. And, you know, and, and that drinking turns into, well, I, I get that leftover, you know, meatball parm in the in the fridge. And yeah, and it's just down downhill from there. So, yeah, it's, yeah, you know, you know, you're right. I, I'm going to need this little extra time before we get out and play volleyball to, you know, get myself back in shape. If the Rangers get knocked out in the first round, I mean, we'll 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 start hitting the gym. We got to get ready. Well, that'll be our training <laughs> season for next year. Yeah, for me, it was you know the kids like a little ice cream before bed at night, and Daddy likes a lot of ice cream too. So, <laughs> one scoop for you, five for me. <laughs> oh man, ice cream is the devil. So good stuff. So look, in all seriousness. Um, what Panarin, were we talking about? We were talking about Stromer getting Panera in the heart. Um, okay. <laughs> but, I, hey, look, you know, all the great stuff we've been talking about this season, and, and I know we, we actually, you know, we, I don't know, is it me? You get get a little spoiled with the way Panarin's played this year because we've actually focused a lot of attention on, on – I, I would feel that we've – it's almost like Panarin's just doing his gig. He got the money. He's putting up the points. We don't have to worry about Panarin. And we kind of focused on – a lot of the other dynamics of the team, you know, I, I would say that if we roll back like all the episodes, you know, we Panarin, you know, comes up, but you know, we, Oh yeah. You see him last time. Great stuff. And then we move on and we start talking about, you know, the coaching and, and just the, um, you know, the style of play and the system and everything else. Panarin has never really been something that we had to really kind of Focus on like we joke about, you know, me and Capocacco. I think that's the issue. He's the kid, you know. He's, he hasn't really put the numbers up and so on and so forth. And uh, I'll just say it myself. You know, I'm probably a little spoiled. And you know, obviously, we're just blown away with the, you know, how he's just gelled here and played so amazing in his personality and, um, you know, just the. He's such a great. He's, he's he's just turning into a great Ranger. And he's like I said, he didn't really finish a full season. Nobody did, but um, it's exciting. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, here he is, he wins the, you know, I'm already saying he wins it. He gets, you know, (laughs) selected for the heart here. And I wanted to ask you, when's the last time we've had a, um, a heart trophy nominee on the team? Nominee. I don't remember. I think Messier, I think the last Ranger to win it was Messier in 92, I think, if I remember correctly. I think I saw somebody tweeting that out the other day. But I went, did Yager, was Yager nominated that one year? He might have when been. He broke, when he broke the uh, the goal record. I'm when he broke Raids' right season uh, record for goals. He had to have been up that year. Yeah, Mess, Mess got it. Yeah, it was 92, right? Yeah. I'm trying to look here. But anyway, um Yeah, I mean I agree with you though as far as us on this show. I definitely don't think we talked about Panarin enough. I definitely you know, I, I think I may have talked more about how I enjoyed, you know, how he reacted to New York and, and embraced New York more than I actually talked about, you know, what an amazing player he was on the ice. Uh, because he was such like a constant. I mean, he was just guaranteed points every night that I think it was just like, oh, yeah, well, he was awesome again. So let's talk about, you know, the three-headed goalie monster, like insanity, um, you know, that's going on. So, yeah, it's funny. I, I don't think we, we like, gushed, um, you know, on him enough. I, I don't think 
there was a single week, but again, we can look back at the tape that he was, you know, my man crush of the week. He should have been it every week. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he was it ever. So, uh, yeah, I agree. I, it's funny that uh, we probably didn't give him enough props, you know, throughout the season um, on this show because, you know, positivity doesn't uh, bring in the ratings. Got to be negative. <laughs> so we got to point out, you know. <laughs> yeah, we got to get a debate going. We, you know, we want people you know, to get emotional when they, you know, listen to the show. So we, we talk about other things that get people fired up, like uh, um, Tony D'Angelo's uh, love for Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's too funny. But it's true, man. I mean, we gushed over Mika, you know, and, um, mm-hmm. and, and you know, we really did. And I don't it's. It's obvious, like I said, we love the guy. He's such a huge part of their success, obviously. But I, it, it's weird. I don't know what it is, but we, we really didn't spend a lot of time talking about him. Not, not because we don't like him, we love him. But I think we found ourselves to be a little spoiled. It was almost like, yeah, well, don't worry about Artemi. He's fine. Because, right, that's the whole theme of this team and, and us coming back with the podcast, the rebuild. We used to say that a lot, the rebuild of the rebuild all the changes, uh, you know, throughout the season, and, and we would just kind of focus on so many different things and shots on goal. And you're right, the goaltending situation and Coach Quinn. You remember that pocket of the time there when they were in that tailspin and we were talking about, you know, that discussion about Quinn getting fired possibly and everything else? I mean, you, you can – a lot of things that we talked about during the season can stand out. Like I'm thinking about them right now, Some a lot of the stuff that we talked about. But Panarin – wasn't one of them. And I think it's more than anything, it's just because we were spoiled. And here he is, nominated for the Hart Trophy, and it's phenomenal. And he's, you know, he's still finishing, KD. He's still in the midst of finishing his first year of this uh, monster contract that he's got. You know, we, we've got him for, what, 40 years now, right? So, I mean, this $71 million contract... And he hasn't even finished year one, and he might win the Hart Trophy. And, and on August 1st here, this guy's going to be probably carrying this team on his back and hopefully running, you know, right through the Canes and then, uh, and then putting everybody on the hill. If they beat the Canes, yeah. they're going to make a lot of teams nervous. You, you know what that means, though? It, it's all downhill from here for Panarin. I mean, first season Hart, Hart Trophy finalist. <laughs> I mean, there's only one way to go. So. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, well, Paulie, I looked it up. So, Panarin is the first Ranger uh, Hard Trophy finalist since Henrik Lundqvist in 11-12. Okay. And he's the first skater since Yager. So, I was, that was, I was right there. Well, you're always, in, uh, you're always 05, right. In 6 season. 05, 06. What a year yeah. it was, buddy. Yeah. No coronavirus. <laughs> no riots. <laughs> Good times. I, te- <laughs> I, I tell you what, one of my favorite, like, Yager moments like, when he was a Ranger, I had season tickets back then, was I think it was that year in the playoffs. They played the Penguins in the second round. And uh, I was at the game, and they were down. They, they lost the game. But he put the team on his back. I remember he went down the middle into the lane. He got absolutely laid out. But 
buried the goal. And I, I, from that moment, I, I just fell in love with the guy. I mean, beyond all the goals that he was scoring, he, that was like a toughness that, you know, I didn't know he had in him during that series against the Penguins. And he, and he made this move to the net. I don't know if you remember that. He just got laid out and he was laid out on the ice afterward. Uh, but he made the move to the center of the ice where you got to go in the playoffs. And he had a big goal in that game to, to get the team back. Actually, you know what it was? They were down. And he came back. He scored that goal to tie it. And friggin' Ryan Holwig, a friggin' moron, took just a terrible boarding uh, hit uh, penalty. And I think the Rangers went down like two guys and, and like, you know, Malkin scored like five goals on the ensuing power play. And, and Ryan, Ryan never did that stuff. Oh, I know. It, it was just awful. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, back, but back then, you know, you loved him because he was on that line with like Ort Meyer and, and uh, Moore. So like, you know, that was like the line, you know, as this team was like coming back and you used to all the overpriced veteran guys. And you had that line of Holwig, Ort Meyer and, and Dominic Moore. I just love that line, except for that one play, freaking Holwick. <laughs> I'd never forget. I would never forget that he took that penalty. The, the guard was going nuts. Yager scored that goal. I was just like, they're going to win this game. They're going to win this series. I'm, like, literally the next shift, he freaking took that boarding penalty. More. And it's unfortunate because Holwick probably would have been up for the Hart Trophy that year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right. What'd they call him? They, they used to call him Hollywood Holwick. Wasn't that like his nickname? Good Lord. Oh, the good anyway. old days. Well, congratulations to Artemi, or as they're calling them now on Ranger social media, Hartemi. You think he'll win it? You think he'll win it? Yes. Why not? I don't even know the I, other two guys. Who are the other two guys? Do I care? Uh, Dreisaitl and uh, McKinnon. Well, they're line mates, right? No, I mean McKinnon. Well, you know what? Um, I tell you, man. Dreisaitl obviously had an f- absolute phenomenal year this year. I mean, it's weird because they're still, it's still going on uh, with McDavid, no, no doubt about it. But um, Yeah, but he plays with McDavid. I mean, you know, we, we're joking around about Strom. But Panarin's <laughs> on, a, on a line with Strom and Fox. <laughs> and he put up 90 points. I mean, well, how, you I know. Mean, the, it's all, it all depends now on how you, you look at these points. guys. Uh, yeah. Well, it all depends with the heart trophy, right? How you look at these guys in terms of how you know how they stood out on the team and what they they did for the team, right? So, you know, Artemi's got all the points, right? He's the the you know the biggest impactful player as far as offensively, you know, for the Rangers, and also you know just his play, his style. Um, what did, did did Panarin even go out? I mean, he was. Injured maybe once or twice. I can't even remember. I think he, he got sick one week or something like that. Can you remember? Uh, he played in uh, six. They they played seventy games this year. He played in sixty nine of them. So so there you go. Yeah, I think it was out one game, right? And because I, yeah. I think I remember Rangerland was like, "Oh my god, it's over. <laughs> it's done." Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. He but, only missed one game. So you you take. Artemi's role here with the Rangers, and then you put it up against Drysaddle, and you make a, 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 a valid point. He played with McDavid. Now, McKinnon, I love the Avalanche. I love that squad. Uh, they're just young. Uh, Landis Gog, they've got so much talent on there. McKinnon's just one of them, you know? And um, that that guy, 
you know, as far as that team and, 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 you know, what he's done for them too. So I would, I would almost put like, that would be my thing. Put dry saddle to the side for the reason that you talked about. He played with McDavid. Um, but McKinnon is on a squad with a bunch of guys that they've been playing together for quite a few years now. You know, they go back to the days when Wall was coaching, you know, that team. So it's, it's been a, it's been a few years. They've gotten to the playoffs, so on and so forth. Artemi, you know, again, he just comes to this team, this squad, this young Rangers inexperienced team, and and look what they've done. You know, obviously, you know, they're in the playoffs now, with, but with the season, the regular season, the way they were and the way they're playing and the impact they have with the team, he's a veteran, and uh, he, he was such a – you take Panarin out of the Rangers lineup, right, for the, all those games – they're, the Rangers aren't. They don't get a sniff. They're Colorado, last place. Colorado probably, get, probably probably gets a sniff if McKinnon goes down because of the rest of the talent on that team. If Drysaddle goes down, McDavid could probably carry that team, right? But maybe on the – I don't know if uh, – because even when Zibanejad went down, you know, Panarin was there. Carter went down. Panarin was there. You know, so I look at it this way. Panarin – you, you can't take him out of the lineup, and the Rangers don't have the success that they have this year without him. Whereas the other nominees, I don't they, they might be able to still have the success, and plus they've got the experience on the team anyway, more than what the Rangers have. So, yes, I think Artemi deserves it. He gets it. I, I think you nailed it right there. I think if you take all three of those guys off their teams – I mean, I think the Rangers are, I don't know if they're in last place because Detroit was so god-awful, but they're in probably 15, they're probably the 15th, you know, team in the East, you know, out of 16 teams because you meant that much. You take those other guys off the team, I think the Avalanche are still in the playoffs, and Edmonton is probably fighting for a playoff spot. So, you know, without Drysdale. So I, I think that right there is it. I think that, Panarin meant more to the Rangers than those guys did to their team. And and those two guys are tremendous players and deserve to be finalists. Uh, but I think that Panarin to me, and of course we're biased, but you know, I, I think that the team that the Rangers team is god awful without him in well, the standings. So you know, as they're as they're rebuilding. I mean, I you know, I don't want to make it sound like this team is terrible, but they were rebuilding. It's a rebuilding year. He literally took them from a rebuilding year to now in the playoffs. Yes. I mean, that's amazing. Bonafide, you know, your number one forward, right? He he makes Book play better. He makes Mika play better. He makes Strong I mean Strong plays better. He makes um, you know, Kreider, you know, uh Fast, uh, you know, Heedle, you know, his impact on this franchise and this team, again. You know, and, and this goes back to the free agency and where he was going to sign. He, as soon as he signed with the Rangers, it's it just took them up ten levels. You know, and if he had to went to the Islanders or if he had to went down to Florida, it, this Ranger season is completely different. It's a total different painting. You know, and you look at the numbers here, and this is from the post: thirty-two goals, sixty-three assists, plus thirty-six, plus minus thirty-six. 71 even strength points. Yeah. 46 even. I mean, 71 even strength points. But again, you, the Rangers, they're really in a rebuild without Panarin. 
But you remember those first couple of weeks? And, you know, uh, I think it was against the Senators and stuff. And Zibanejad. You remember that, that passing play? I think it was Book, Panarin, and yeah. Zibanejad. You remember when, you know, they, they used that as a gift and Mika kind of looked and was like, holy shit, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that yeah. was the level... Um, you know, that's that's what Panarin put into this team. You you can't his impact is huge. Like I said, McKinnon's been there. McDavid and Drysaddle have been there. This guy left, you know, the blue jackets, biggest free agent signing. And again, just you he the Rangers are not even in the conversation right now. You know, because the, they don't who makes up those points, KD, right? Who? Yeah, who, I who makes I, up those I, yeah. points? Yeah, because I don't think that Zibanejad has the year he has without Panarin on the team because they were on they were on separate lines. They weren't even playing together. So now their opponents are probably game planning more and their defensive strategies geared more towards Panarin. You know, they can't have their defensive forwards out against both lines. So, you know, they got to pick their poison. So, you know, I'm not saying that Zibanejad wasn't going to have a great year anyway. But I don't think he was going to, uh, you know, have 75 points in just 57 games. I think that having, you know, Panarin just on another line. I think Panarin alluded to this during his press conference the other day when he was announced as a finalist. um, That, you know, just having them on separate lines really helped each other. But I think it was probably more Panarin helping Zabinijet than the other way around. Yeah. And, you you know, you could look at some of those. You know, those games when, you know, when Shesty went down and then, you know, he comes back. And even on Shesty's run, too, there's 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 more than a handful of games where, you know, what you're describing is a major impact. I'm thinking of the of the games against the Islanders. And I and I think about the Islanders because of the how good they were, how Trotz's team, how good they are defensively. And that was a totally different look especially his last couple of games against the Islanders um, with Panarin in there. Because, like I said, if he's not in there, forget it. The, the Rangers are probably just getting swallowed up pretty much by everybody in the league, you know. I mean, um, it's, it's quite obvious now looking back on everything. But, again, in terms of, you know, you ask me, does he win it? I think he does. I, I honestly think he does. And if the other two guys win it, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to protest. <laughs> I'm with you. I agree. I think he's more, you know, I think he's as, uh, you know, team MVP has more impact than the other guys had more impact on the success of his team than the other two did on theirs. And and those guys, those other two guys had a tremendous amount of impact on their team's successes this year. But I, I, I don't think it was at the level that uh, Panarin did for sure. Absolutely. All right, man. Good stuff. So there you go. I think there. we I think we just talked more about Panarin tonight than we had the prior however many shows we've done. We made put up together. That. Well, he he finally gave us something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Him and his ho hum like three point a game player. You know, three point a game season he had or whatever the hell he had going on. Oh man, it's good stuff, man. Just another <laughs> another you know add another cherry or you know to the to the cake here, this range of cake this year. It's been, uh, it's been real tasty. So, uh, that's, and it's not even over. I know (laughs) it's weird. July 22nd, talking hockey.
Crazy stuff. All right, man, what do you want to move on to here? Um, what do you think about the uh, the goaltending situation here and uh, decisions being made and so on and so forth? Chesty's got it wrapped up. Yeah. Okay. All but all but announced. All but announced. <laughs> I think uh, I, they were the reporters were announcing uh, or reporting today that uh, Chesty was in the goal on one end by himself, and Yurgiev and Lundqvist were sharing the goal at the other end, and and you know what that means. Yes. <laughs> so I. I, I yeah, I think it's uh, all but done. So I, I think we're going to be seeing uh, Mr. Shesjorkin, um starting game one. You know, whether that continues is uh, remains to be seen. Uh, hopefully he doesn't have any, uh, you know, sort of rookie uh, jitters. I, I don't think he will. I mean, he's had success, you know, in, in the KHL playoffs. And, um, you know, he's played for his country and, and, and whatnot. So I, I, I think he's been in high-pressure situations throughout his career. So I don't, I don't, I can't imagine that he's going to falter here. But if he does, you know, it's nice to have a uh, future Hall of Famer waiting in the wings. And I don't mean Mr. Georgiev. <laughs> <laughs> You're awful, man. You keep thinking you're a Georgia boy, man. <laughs> well, look, as long as Chesty doesn't hang around, you know, Capo in the locker room, um, <laughs> hopefully this will work out for us here. Uh, if he does, get hey, Capo, Capo's looking good. <laughs> oh, my oh look at you! I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> he, I, they had the scrimmage the other day. I think he had a couple of goals. The games don't count. One. The games don't count. Nobody's oh, checking. Oh man, this guy—he is—he's going to lead this stall. <laughs> <laughs> Matched up against stall. Come on, man! I don't distant stall like that. You know, I I never do that type of thing to stall. It's nothing but respect. Oh, buddy. (laughs) Roll the tape, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) You're not getting away with that one, buddy. Oh, man. Yeah, Yeah. I I mean, I'd almost want to, you know, guarantee a a Con Smythe, you know, win for Mr. Kako at this point with how he's looked in this training camp so far. Oh, come on. (laughs) Come on, buddy. Please. No? Please. Please. <laughs> Training camps don't count, man. You know? They got the games have to count. There has to be a little physicality going on. You know, get into position, match up against some of the best defenders in the league. And, you know, look, the last week, uh, the Dallas game, obviously, you know, we don't like all kidding aside, right? First year, blah, blah, blah. You and hospitality and all that stuff with, you know, Capo. And he's a young kid and he needs loving and he needs to be cuddled. And, you know. He's a child. <laughs> hey, if anything, like I said, he, he got the experience. So here we go, right? Tournament coming up. He's looking good in training camp. More than anything, all you can ask for is that the kid looks good in camp. He's in shape. Uh, the skill set's there. He's sharp, and he's hungry, and he, he's ready to play. And if, if that shows anything about the caliber of the kid that he is, he, he wants to make a difference. He wants to – he knows, um, you know, being a first-round draft pick, he knows the pressure, and he wants to earn that. And, and again, I think, like I said, uh, you know, a guy like Panarin probably has a huge impact on this kid this year as well too. Maybe not on the scoreboard yet. 
But here we are, and it's just it's all positive stuff, right? So he's looking. It's better than you know, if, you know, Capo is struggling. He's sluggish. He's out of shape. Uh, coaching is concerned about him. His head's not in the game. I mean, if it was all negative stuff, believe me, you wouldn't hear the end of it from me. But he's yeah. he's in he's in good spirits. He's looking sharp out there, and that makes it easier for Coach Quinn, who, like he said, this isn't training camp. Um. Whoever works their butt off is going to get the playing time, and he's going to ride and roll the guys. They're going to put the points up and, and get this team uh, far into this tournament. So, you know, I, I look, I joke around, obviously, but I want him to go through the wall. That's why when we play the Islanders on the 29th, I want Capo and the rest of these guys to take take some of these guys out. <laughs> I, t- I tell you what, though, I how he's come back, um, after this time off here is how, is how I was expecting him to come back. You know, if this was a normal season, you know, next year, you know, I, while he was playing better before the league shut down, I still expected you know, him to be very inconsistent throughout the remainder of the year. And if they, even if they were lucky to, to get into the playoffs, then I really, you probably would have seen the same player. I can't imagine that he would have, suddenly turned into Panarin, um, you know, magically turned, turned it on. He probably would have remained inconsistent, you know, flashes um, of brilliance, um, but, but also struggling at the same time. So, you know, I anticipated over the summer, you know, he would have sat down and looked at his game and where he went wrong. And, and cause he's such a good player. I really expected him to come back, you know, in better shape, you know, a lot more confidence. Like he got the year, that one year behind him, you know, he learned, you know, all the travel, all this, he learned the league and what it takes to be a professional. And, and I agree, you know, being in the room with Panarin all year and Zabinijad and Kreider and, and those type of players. And I really expected him to come back and, and we're just seeing it a little bit early now because he's come back again in great shape. Seems like he's got a lot of confidence. He, he, he came back and he knew what to expect. He's familiar with the training facilities. He's familiar with his teammates. He's familiar with the coaching staff. So, you know, I I, he, I think he's going to have a big impact here, you know, in the playing round initially. And if the Rangers are lucky to move on, I, I, I think he he's going to be a key player um, in any type of run the Rangers could make. Well, you start envisioning two two big things here. After that game against Colorado. So, Carter's out. And then, you know, we talk about him practicing that day, uh, you know, before the Rado game. Capo has that great night in Dallas, okay? Now, as they were going forward there towards the end, trying to get this playoff spot, you know, Capo's the kind of guy that, like I said, is concerned about him. He's just, the bottom line was is that he just wasn't, the, he's not putting the points up, right? He's not making an impact on the team. You know, I might say, hey, yeah, he's riding, you know, he's gaining all the experience. It's a rebuild team. It's a young squad. So, again, let's not focus on him, so on and so forth. But now, I think what you just said is fantastic. That familiar, familiar, I can't say it. I'm not going to familiar. He's familiar. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> woo <laughs> But you bring up a great point. About and that helps with his confidence that you alluded to throughout the whole season. Every time I busted his chops, but if Capo gets in there 
And Quinn can use him. And not only does he play strong and smart, get some points, bang a few pucks in for us, the other great thing, the, the double whammy that we have going on is Kreider. He's back in the lineup. He's healthy. And those, you know, Kreider along with Mika and Panarin, and then, like I said, if Capo can be that guy, because you have all the rest of the support staff, right? Heedle, Fast, and Stromer, and Buchnevich too, who does a lot, deserves a lot of credit too. He he found a bit of a mean streak there too as well. Tough guy. He's kind of making a, a you know some space for himself out there in the ice as well too. So that's good stuff. So if if Cop if Capo can you know come in there and 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 be that you know extra surprise element, especially offensively, which he kind of showed in those last couple of games right there before things wrapped up, uh, that's just huge. And I think, like, more than anything, man, you know, the closer we get to this, and all of us as Ranger fans here, too, we just we can't wait for see these guys, you know, get back on the ice. Because we, we, we're so, we love this team, and we love the future. And they're doing so much now for us. And we're getting the second chance, obviously, with the tournament and them getting in there. And granted, they could get swept and fall by the Hurricanes. We don't know. But even if that happens, worst case scenario, we still win because all of these guys are coming back, you know, uh, next year, at least the, the main guys that we're talking about here. And if Capo can be one, that fourth guy, Mika Panarin, Kreider, and and Capo, and if those four guys can just be, you know, our, our main horses up front, the rest of these guys supporting them or anybody who goes way of free agency or anything else, anybody that we bring in that can complement those guys, and I've said this too, guys like Strom, like I said, no disrespect to him, and Heedle and Foss, they can be replaced. And if Buchnevitz keeps uh, stepping up and has an impact in this tournament too, that's the fifth guy. Whoever the Rangers bring in, and if they do down the road in terms of guys coming up or, or especially free agency or somebody else that they sign. And the other thing, too, is on top of this all, and I'll toss it back to you, is if you're an impending free agent here in the next year or two, and you're, you're seeing not only what this Ranger team has become in a very quick year, and if they have any success in this tournament, if they go deep, there's a lot of guys that are going to want to come here. Because they look over and they see the guys in this lineup. Number one, their talent. But off the ice, they're stand-up guys. They're classy. Uh, they look out for each other. They're hard-nosed guys. They'll go through the wall for each other. It's be- and, we've, and you brought this up a lot of times, too. That's a f- super locker room that the Rangers have. And, you know, we haven't, we haven't even talked about the defense tonight. And we've only touched a little bit on the goaltending. So... Everything that's going on up front right now is really positive, and it can only get better down the road as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I, I think any potential you know free agent down the road is going to want to be a part of what's happening you know, within this organization if it, if it continues to go the way that it's going. How, how could you not? I mean, you have all this young talent uh, maturing, um, you know, over the next couple of years, you have, you know, superstar players in Panarin and Zabinijad, um, the veterans on the team with, with a Kreider, Truba, um, and, and there's going to be some spaces opening up when, you know, Stahl is gone and, and we're going to need some assistance on the back end. 
I mean, we could be seeing D'Angelo, you know, move depending on what's going on with the salary cap. Um, Orion Strom, you know, who we've been praising. Uh, but again, he's going to be in a contract spot and, you know, they may be looking to upgrade there a little bit. So, you know, there's going to be spots opening up in the next couple of years, but the core is still going to be there. The young kids is, are going to be progressing. And, you know, if you're a veteran player, you know, whether it's as a free agent or potentially, you know, at a trade deadline deal that the Rangers are looking for that final piece, you know, to make that move. I mean, you'd be begging your team to, to trade you, you know, to the Rangers at the deadline. So, um, you know, this is just it's why I've been excited all year about this team. It's the, the direction that they're headed in. You just see it. You see what this team is doing. You can see, um, you know, the patience that they're having with the young player. And, and everything that JD wants to do here, the developing these young guys, they're, they're not putting them in. Uh, they're setting them up for success, not for failure. Um, and, and, you know, that's what I've seen from day one and why Hedl started the season with the Wolfpack and why Kako has been bouncing around the bottom six and not the top six. Um, and, and, you know, I know that some Ranger fans were, were getting frustrated with why Lindgren started the season with Hartford. They're bringing these guys along slowly. This is what it's about. And, and I, I've said this like a million times on the podcast, but, you know, this, this is what makes me excited. They're doing it the right way. They're not going the old way where they're just putting Malholtra, Manny Malholtra in a position to fail uh, or Pavel Brendel, Jamie Lundmark. We've seen it time and again. Um, and, and this is what has Ranger fans excited. I think we'll have those free agents in a couple of years excited to want to come to this team. And it's going to be a destination uh, that a lot of players want to come to. And why I think that this team is going to be a perennial Stanley Cup contender for the next decade, at least um, with the way that they're building this thing. So. I'm excited. The defense and, and even the defense, which which we've panned, you know, on this show all year long. And we've said that it improved. But, you know, you're looking at the young guys coming up and Lundquist and, and then Condre Miller. I mean, the reports from camp, you know, over the last week and a half, he's been phenomenal. You know, the coach Quinn is talking just about how how mature he is thinking the game and seeing the game. Um, you know, sort of before the play happens. And, and when you see a player like that out there, you know you got something. You know, it's not just the skill level that he brings. You know, it's the mental aspect of the game where he's seeing the play and he knows what's going to happen. I mean, that stuff, you know, that's just innate. You know, you, you can't teach somebody that stuff. You either have it or you don't. You know, and from the initial impressions that you're getting, that Quinn is is talking about, you know, he has that. So, you know, the defense, which may be, uh, you know, a negative now or a weak spot, um, is going to be a strength within the next two years because Condre Miller is going to be there, because Niles Lundquist is going to be there. So um, and you're going to lose a player like Stahl. And, and, you know, you know, I always have to preference everything by saying Stahl was a warrior for this organization <laughs> and was one of, and was one of the biggest reasons that the team went from, you know, eight years of not being in the playoffs to you know, a, a playoff team every year. He was a big part of that until injuries really, you know, took hold and, and really, you know, destroyed his career. I mean, he was going to be a top defenseman in this league. 
Um, and it really took that away from him. But um, but I digress. Yeah, I, the the defense is is going to be just as strong as the forwards, you know, in another year or two. And 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 this is going to be the team to beat. It's really a shame that they can't have Miller in this lineup for this tournament. Yeah, it'll be fun because there's I, a spot for him. Because yeah. you know they have I got Brendan Smith in there. I mean. You know, I mean, there's a spot for him. I mean, Brendan Smith is in there because there's nobody else. I mean, not putting Hayat back in there. He was a disaster this year. He's not ready. So there was a spot. And, you know, he's been impressing this week. I'm sure Quinn would love nothing more to just put him right next to Truba, you know, in in the game one lineup and and be more than comfortable with it. (laughs) Hey, like I said, days to come. So... You know, and this is fantastic that he's getting this experience, that he's going to be here, you know, with these guys through this thing, you know, uh, in practices and on the sidelines. And uh, that experience alone is – this is extra stuff, you know. Because who knows, you know, if the, the the season continues on, I don't know, you know, who knows if he gets into the lineup or, or maybe, you know, because, you know, especially for young players, you know, it's it's a training camp for Miller. There's no doubt about that. So, you know, Coach Quinn can say, hey, it's not a training camp, but it definitely is for uh, for Miller here. And this is huge because, you know, um, he, he, this is a different way. So, I mean, this is just a, a stepping stone for him for, for next season and the future. So, uh, it, it's yeah, it's an, it's an it's invaluable experience for him. I mean, he could still end up, you know, starting next season in Hartford. I mean, that could still – he's still a young kid. And he's got to learn the pro game, but what he's learning now is is invaluable. I mean, for you know, this is really just everything going on is a tough situation for everybody, and uh, you got to come back after all this time off. But if you could look at some type of positive for any of these players who's really benefiting from it, he's at the top of the list. I bet you this. I, I get he gets a starting spot next year. I don't think he's going to spend any time in Hartford. I really don't. Uh, the only reason I the only reason I say that is because of how patient the organization has been so far with this, and, and you know they could end up doing that. I mean, look, Ryan McDonough started you know his rookie season down at Hartford too, so you know it's it's not the worst thing in the world. But oh, but this he'll is be a different situation. For, they're gonna they're gonna, I I know they're gonna want him in the starting lineup, but um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, and I would lean absolutely more that he's in the Rangers you know, opening night lineup than he is in Hartford's opening night lineup. But, um, yeah, I, I still don't think it's a foregone conclusion. But, uh, yeah, I, I I see him in, in the Rangers' opening night lineup for sure. Woo-hoo! So much to look forward to, KD. <laughs> it's a good thing we started this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> go Rangers, go, baby. Good so thing look- we didn't start it like two years ago and the team was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> there was no hope. <laughs> we should rename it to uh, the Bandwagon Rangers podcast, <laughs> featuring the old timers, DeLorean Cuthbert. <laughs> they gave up on the team they in 2018 the franchise, <laughs> <laughs> but they were ready in 2020. <laughs> Paulie's driving. Katie's got shotgun. <laughs> in the back. Here we go. All right, buddy. So, uh, look, we're winding down this episode here. And, again, thanks to everybody who's uh, continuing to uh, to listen and download the show uh, every week. Uh, we really appreciate it. But your, your buddy here, uh, Brendan Lemieux, man, 
So let's talk about the suspension, the two games, and uh, and what are you, what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, it seems a, like a lot. I mean, I, you know, the hit was definitely a, a, a suspension-worthy hit. Um, but, you know, this is the playoffs now. It, it should, I, I would have liked it to have been just one game. I think that's harsh enough. But, you know, and I think Lemieux, you know, he's got a game that, to me, works in the playoffs. It's going to be beneficial in the playoffs. So I think it's going to you know, hurt not having him in the lineup. Look, he's going to be on the fourth line and, and, you know, he'll be playing 10 minutes a game. It's not like you're losing Panarin, but uh, I, I think that he could have, you know, brought some tough minutes, some, you know, in the playoffs. Remember a couple of years ago when the Rangers, you know, upset uh, the Canadians in, in 17, the first round, it was Tanner Glass, you know, who had a big game one, you know, and, the, and that's what happens in the playoffs. It's those type of plays, you know, Dominic Moore, Brian Boyle, you know, Dan Carcillo that step up in the playoffs and Brendan Lemieux fits that, you know, fourth line grinding role that, you know, you need to have that type of guy in your lineup for playoff success. So I think it's going to hurt not having him in, in two games. I mean, in a five game series, you know, he's out, he's going to be missing almost 50% of the series. So you know that that's that's a tough blow for the range. I think they can overcome it. I, you know, you you put in Greg McKegg and and you know your fourth line, you know, isn't all that bad with Howden and Gautier. So, I, you know, I don't think it's devastating, but you know, I, I I hated to see that he ended up with the two games. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. You know, I'm actually interested just to go back to the Kako conversation. Like, if he really steps up in the first couple of games. You know, if Quinn would be looking to move him up onto that line with Panarin and Strom, bump Foss back down to where he should be more in that bottom six role is more of a checking uh, line guy that he could that Quinn can put him out there against, you know, the better teams, you know, or against the better players, especially against the Hurricanes, you know, maybe against Ajo and, and, and um, you know, their top line. So I, I, I think Kako playing well, you know, lengthens the lineup a little bit where you can bump him up and then you could put Faust in a more beneficial spot as like a defensive forward, you know, putting him out against the Hurricanes top line, you know, when you really need a shutdown there at the end of the game or whenever it is when you need a big stop. So, um, you know, just to go back to Lemieux, you know, I, I think a fourth line, if you put, you know, Faust, Lemieux, and like Howden, I mean that—that's you know, a to me a tremendous fourth line, you know, because you saw Howden may have been a little overwhelmed earlier in the year as you know a third line center, but you bump him down to that fourth line, Fast, Lemieux, and you know I, I like that. I think it it length you move Gautier up to that third line with uh, Heedle and and Di Giuseppe, and and uh, man, we got a good lineup. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, where did you? I mean, look, I know we both like Lemieux a lot, um, and he's um, he's just a great kid, too. He's, he's obviously a big part of the locker room as well. What was your take on his play, you know, maybe towards the end there, or just maybe if you can just think back on, on the season for him? He's obviously got skills. He, you know, he's he's had shining moments. They weren't, you know, again, ice time is huge. Obviously, you, you know, when your ice time is limited for a player like him, 
you know, your your chances to make an impact as, as far as on the score sheet are, are few and far between, obviously. It's less of an opportunity. But as far as the discipline, and I don't know how much you don't want you don't want Brendan to, to change um too much. But what's what's your take in terms of him sticking around on this team, having a you know position and, and maybe, you know, because he might be interchangeable, interchangeable to to bop back and forth on on a third line down the road as well too. I don't know if he just needs to be just set on the on the fourth line, but where do you see him evaluating him last season in terms of the the long term plans of this team? Do you think he he's going to make it here? Do you think he showed signs of maturing a little bit? Uh, what do you think of his game and 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 where do you see him beyond this tournament and in terms of you know, maybe keeping a role here with this team. I thought actually he had a very disappointing season this year. I expected more from him offensively and also as an agitator. And I always hold everybody to the, the, the Sean Avery sort of standard, you know, for guys in that role where it should be a constant sort of agitation. And I don't think he did that enough this year where I, he was getting the other team off their game, whether it's chirping them, whether it's a little bump, you know, after the whistle, you know, a snow shower in the goalie's face, that kind of thing. I, I just don't think he did that enough. And I expected more of that from him. And also, you know, after the Rangers had traded for him, he showed a little offensive pop there and, and that didn't continue this year. So I would say overall, like in theory, like I love Lemieux, like I love his game and what he brings. Again, I, I love those type of Sean Avery, Dan Carcillo, you know, type players where, you know, they're chirping all game. They can pop some goals when when necessary. You know, they have skill, but they're also can play a little bit of a bruising style. Um, so I, I didn't see enough of any of that from Lemieux this year. So I think that this playoffs is, is big for him. And if he continues to disappoint when he does get in, if, and when he does get in, uh, cause I don't think he's guaranteed a spot when he comes back out, depending on how the team is doing, you know, next season will be huge for him. Um, because if he does have another season similar to this year's, he can find himself not on the team um, at the end of this year. Because again, with, with, the way this team is rebuilding and it's sort of been accelerated a bit because of the, how you've seen players uh, progress and you got a guy like Panarin and Zabinijad and Kreider. I mean, you know, next year is uh, we need to be in the playoffs and, and make a little noise type year. Um, and, and if he's a guy who's not producing, um, you know, they're going to say, you know, we're, we're going to find somebody who can, whether it's in that kind of, agitating role or maybe they look to say look we maybe we just need some more skill on the fourth line you know we need some more scoring and and you're not bringing that either so you know sorry you know you're just not cutting it here so uh, I think that this playoff and again what if and when he does get in and if he doesn't or if he doesn't um, step up I think next year is a make or break year for him well a couple of things that you said with regards to you know things that you were disappointed with him in, in terms of what he didn't bring that would you would have liked to have seen him 
do a little more of this year. Now, we don't know if the coaching staff might have put the reins on him, wanted him to play a certain way. Maybe he had to change his game this year. Um, you know, that's one aspect of it, too, because, um, you know, the, the system was changing. And for really a bulk of the whole season, we, me and you were going back, what system are they playing? You know what I'm saying? So, and a guy that doesn't get a lot of ice time to begin with, that might have been just tough for him to kind of to play through. The other thing, too, if you, if you remember, and I know Carp and, and Brooksy and stuff were really coming to, you know, Brendan's defense this year is because of the name on the back of his jersey, he seemed to, you know, he had a target on his back as far as the officiating. And I think that, you know, maybe at no fault to him, and then this gets into the coaching aspect of the game in terms of the position it puts Quinn in. Now, I, I know. Look, Quinn, as far as I'm concerned, he he loves and backs up all his players, even the guys he sends up to the Quinn bin and everything else. It's all about making these guys play better. Um, he he just expects, you know, I mean, we're really lucky, lucky. We're really lucky to have a guy, you know. Now that we've seen, you know, the body work this year and the ups and downs, the roller coaster. That was the, um, you know, the, the the metaphor we were using this year too. But we're really seeing Quinn come to develop himself, and and you know, we love the guy, and and you know. Definitely, um, we can see the, the long-term outlook for, for Coach Q staying in here. So you get a kid like Lemieux, and he's, he's not getting that much ice time, and then he was definitely, he seemed to be, you know, he had a target on his back from the officiating. And sometimes, you know, that's out of a, that's out of a coach's, you know, what's he going to do? That's out of his hands. So I'm sure that made it difficult for him, too, and I don't care what anybody says, and we can talk about Capo, and we can talk about, you know, any other guys in this lineup. You take a kid like this, and if he's got a lot of stuff that he's got to work through, and yes, it's the, the name on his back because of his dad and everything else and, and the reputation and so on and so forth. What's your take on 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 all those little scenarios that I was kind of throwing up there where, where Brendan's had to kind of work through? And the situation that's basically, you know, put Quinn into, he probably, you know, in terms of, you know, putting into situations and, and giving him confidence, because that's a big part of this rebuild, too. He's He's got to find out what he can get from these guys. And I think I think Brendan got the short end of the stick here a lot. And, you know, I say that with regards to the fact that he got the short end of ice time as well. So what's your take on that? Yeah, I, I think that if it was a case where Quinn is sort of, putting the reins on, on Lemieux. I think he's making a, was making a, a terrible mistake with it because, you know, when you have a guy like Lemieux, I think you have to let him be Lemieux because then he's not an effective player um, where he can't go out there and, and play his game. You have to know what you have in a player. And if you're not allowing him to be that player, you're really wait, you're, you're better off just not having him on your team. And and I think and I go back to Sean Avery a lot, but if if you remember, Sean Avery Avery really excelled on this team when Tom Rennie was the coach, because Rennie let Avery be Avery, and well, they, Avery's they really, best. They, the Rangers didn't have a whole lot else going on besides Sean Avery back then. No, they had Yager, they had Dubinsky. <laughs> I mean, they had you know they were turn. That's when you know this team was was turning it around. You know, and, and, you know, Rennie knew what he had in the guy. And you saw, like, when Rennie got fired and Tortorella came in, Tortorella didn't like Avery. He didn't like the type of player he was. And, and you know what happened. He fell off. He was never the same player. 
you know, he left, he came back, and he was just never as effective. You know, if Torch just let him be the player he was, he would have been a lot more effective player or just get rid of him. You know, if Quinn is like, you know, I it, it's just not worth it to me, where, again, the name on the back of the jersey is leading to him, you know, getting penalties based on, you know, reputation, not even his own reputation, his dad's reputation. Um, and it's not worth it. You might as well just not have him on the team. Like, why even put him out there if he's going to be out there with a muzzle on? You know, it, 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 it seems uh, counterproductive to do that. So, you know, if that was the case, and I, I've been as big of a, of a Quinn cheerleader as there is out there this year, I would criticize him for doing that because I think you got to let a guy like that, you know, do his thing. He's going to always toe that. He's going to be, you know, on that line. Is, is he going to cross it or not? Sometimes he is. And you have to deal with that. If you want to have that type of player out on the ice, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that sometimes. Um, but you can't just be like, you can't neuter the guy out there because it, it, now he's out there too worried about it. He's worried about taking penalties and he's not focusing on his game, which is taking the other team off their game and then scoring some goals. So, you know, if that was the case with Quinn, I, I'd, I'd have to criticize him for it. Um, because if you're going to put him out there, you got to let him play to his strengths instead of having the guy go out there playing nervous and scared. And, you know, I don't want to make any mistakes. So I, again, I would have rather Quinn just say, look, I, I, this is not the type of player I want out there. I I think he's going to, you know, make too many mistakes. He's, he's going to cost us some games with some penalties. You know, I'd rather he just be down in Hartford and then, you know, maybe we can trade him, you know, use him in a trade as like a secondary player or something. So, you know, I, that's where I am. I think if you have a guy with the Muse skill set, you need to use it or don't have him on the team or, don't, you know, to have him down in Hartford, don't play him. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at with him. Yeah. And I think, you know, a, a kid like Lemieux, that kind of a player, there's not much room for players like that in the league anymore, you know? There's only a couple of, you know, the big guys like March on and stuff like that and, you know, who can really get away with being like instigators and also putting the puck in the net as well, too. But, you know, I think, you know, what you alluded to there, you know, Brendan might have to change his game or, or improve his game. Yeah, I mean, if he's scoring more goals, you know, I think he, the coaching staff will be willing, you know, to allow him to get away with some stuff like Tom Wilson on, on the Capitals, you know. That- it's it's going to be so hard on this team the way it's laid out. Like the top five that we were just talking about before, you know, he's going to really have to be really, and he's not getting the ice time. So he's just, not. He shouldn't be anything more than a fourth line player on this team. Yeah. Maybe maybe third line player, depending on what the lineup looks like, if you know, or how he's playing. You know, and depending on how the rest of the lineup is playing, if he's maybe scoring and the rest of the lineup isn't and you want to bump him up to maybe a third-line role, but you know, on a good team, he's a fourth-line player. That's it. That's where he is. If he's on your second line, or God forbid your first line, your team's in trouble. And he, he shouldn't be on your first or second line. Um, he's not that good of a player. He doesn't score that many goals. Now, if you're scoring more, yeah, then maybe you can put him up there. But he is... He's just not that good of a player. I think he could show more. I think he has more offensive ability in him than he showed this year, but not enough, you know, where you'd be ever contemplating putting him in the top six. All right. So circle back now to his two game suspension here. With all that said, 
is it really that much of an impact then as far as this team, him not being in the lineup here? Because he might I not think have, so. He might not I have been getting the ice time anyway. No, I think so because, like I mentioned before, I think fourth-line players in the playoffs are difference makers. I think they're, they're, there's always – you always need that fourth line to come up big. You, any team that goes on to have any success in the playoffs, their fourth line is clicking. They're getting scoring from their fourth line. They're getting great defensive play. You know, they're getting the other team off their game. Um, so I, I think that he can have a huge role, even in limited minutes, because, look, it's the fourth line. They're going to get limited. They're not going to get 20 minutes a night. Um, but we've seen, I've seen it enough times over the years where you're seeing these fourth-line players, these grinding players, have a huge impact on the score sheet in the playoffs. So I think he can you know, pr- provide that for the Rangers if and when he gets in the lineup. All right. Well, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it's second round, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're hoping for, right? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Good stuff. Hopefully Good. I'll be watching the games when they're on, unlike, you know, the Met-Yankees uh, exhibition game, which I wanted nothing to do with somehow. Uh, well, d- come on. Don't, don't, beat you ima- yourself, don't beat yourself you imagine, up for that. You know, can you imagine the first show, like the show after game one? You're like, what'd you think of the game? Like, yeah, I really didn't feel like watching it. <laughs> I, was, I, was <laughs> I was in the pool. Mood. I was in the pool with a beer. I, I, I don't know. I, I just went outside in the pool, just hanging out on the deck, listening to some tunes. <laughs> well, don't worry, KD. I've done solo shows before in my time. If that's what we got to <laughs> do around here, you know. Now, don't beat yourself up about the Mets, okay, in, in baseball right now. We're, we're, we're locked in and, and focused with this uh, Ranger squad here, and we're getting a little close to uh... – Yeah, I, you know, I just didn't like the fact that I, I didn't make it a priority to watch the game. Like, I was like, oh, my God. The game meant I, nothing. I've become used to no sports being on. You don't even know who owned the team. <laughs> <laughs> who owned the team? Mean, who owned on. the Chiefs? <laughs> who owned the Mets? <laughs> Wilpons, come on. <laughs> I didn't know who the coach was, Rojas. Yeah. Oh. I don't, I don't say, well, don't feel bad, buddy, because I didn't pay attention to the Mets. I was, I had, you know, I don't know if I was, you know, the Yankees for me. So it's, you know, it's different, man. You know, it's a different culture, you know, it's different, you know, winning culture, losing cultures. It's, it's, don't beat yourself up. <laughs> a lot of Mets fans probably didn't watch that game. <laughs> <laughs> All thanks, right, for, buddy. thanks for making me feel better, boy. <laughs> yeah. All right, last thing before we go, I want to ask you, the 32nd uh, National Hockey League team is going to be introduced tomorrow. Their name and I believe their – I don't know about the, the jerseys and the colors, but there was a teaser on here uh, this evening. And um, any idea what the Seattle uh, name's going to be? Uh, do you care? Are you excited about this? Are you, uh, you pumped? Uh, what I say, I, I think we were talking about the, uh, call them the Seattle Starbucks done <laughs> Seattle Pearl jams. <laughs> I don't know. What's everybody been saying the Kraken or something. Isn't that been like the name everybody thinks it's going to be? Well, they did a promo. They released a promo today. And it was about a boat and water and fishing and stuff. So I imagine it's going to be, um, something nautical. You th- could you imagine if they unveiled the jersey and it was like the Islanders Gordon Fisherman? <laughs> I think that would be jersey. awesome. <laughs> if they bust that out, the fish sticks jersey, that would be amazing. It would be fantastic. 
And if <laughs> and if they had a great sense of humor, they would do that first. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Just troll the Islander fans. That'd be amazing. I, be. I would I would run out and buy whatever jersey <laughs> that they would release and and they would definitely be my second favorite. NHL team. Well, it'd be real easy for the branding and the marketing team, right? <laughs> Just change right. the colors. <laughs> oh, my God. A Troll the Islanders jersey? That would be amazing. Uh, By the way, man. I love that I said they would be my second favorite team. Do you remember when you were a kid and you had, like, you know, your, well, these are my second favorite team, and this is... You have that... Now I'm older. I just... This is my team. I don't have, like, a second favorite team. Uh, my second favorite... I'm a Rado. I love the Avalanche. But that's because I lived in Colorado when I was there when they won the Stanley Cup. So I have an emotional touch with the city of Denver and, and those players. I used to love what? those teams, man. I mean, Sackick and Forsberg and War and Foote. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Those great playoff series they were a part of. And, you know, even when um, Bork won and all that stuff. Just my, my, my second favorite team, hockey team, when I was growing up was the North Stars. I loved the North Stars. You know, just everything. I love the jersey. I have, I still have it at my dad's house, my old North Stars jersey. They, they were the best. And when they went on that run that one year to the cup finals and they got absolutely tattooed by the Penguins, I was, I was into it that year. They had, it was on the Bellows and Broughton and Casey was the goalie. Dino Cicerelli. Yeah. Yeah. I love it, baby. I, I love that team. That was a, I, I really liked the North Stars back, back when. It's I don't. Great... I don't like the Dallas Stars, but the North Stars back then they would. That jersey was all in the end with the star, classic. Good stuff. Well, I know what to get you for Christmas now. On top of the McKeg <laughs> jersey. <laughs> I, I may go try to find that jersey and like put it on and like take a picture, put it on Twitter or something. <laughs> I'd love to see it, brother. Beard or oh, no beard? That's going to be the question. Oh, I know. I know beard, but I, I will have. I will have the COVID twenty five on, so that thing will be real tight. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so much to look forward to. All right, buddy. Um, Another great show in the books. Again, thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate it. Uh, next week, we get a little closer to real real points and the Islander Massacre. We got to get them next week. Run the gambit. Take them out. Rough them up. Mess them up. Soften them up for the Panthers. That's what we want next, uh, not this Friday, next Friday. Crazy, right, KD? A week. Unbelievable. All right, buddy. All right, everybody. Thanks so much again for listening. We appreciate it. KD, as always, say goodbye to the folks. Bye, folks. Thank you so much, everybody. And as always, let's go, Rangers! Rangers!